0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction, TV series, or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I am Kenneth. And tonight we are looking at the, oh, I don't know, 14th episode of Star Hunter Redux, The Half Dense Players. Episode synopsis goes a bit like this Darius arrives at Clark Station in Jupiter space. An event of interest to the orchard has happened. That event is a death. As Darius says, quote, this incident suggests a catastrophic intersection of multidimensional space and time. The subject might have crossed the intersection by accident, a dimensional event hitting a multi-hyper-dimensional left field, end quote. An explanation so unconvincing that even the actor appeared not to believe what he was selling. Another individual is implicated, Andrea Arcat. Not just any Andrea Arcat, the Andrea Arquette. Bitch goddess of pretentious wankers everywhere. And former squeeze of Billy Tsunami. A woman so incredibly beautiful, it could turn a hardened bounty hunter's head. Or so Rudolfo warns Dante. Things are tense aboard the trans-utopian. In the last episode, for some reason I've completely forgotten, Dante threw a fit and fired Lucretia. In this episode, Rudolfo is reminding Dante that he's just the hired help too, and Lucretia is not fired. So deal with it. Dante doesn't like this, but he knows where the cards fall. Percy likes it even less, but who cares what Percy thinks? They've got a new assignment, and they'd best be getting on with it. They are to pick up a murder suspect, the aforementioned Andrea Arquette, and escort her to Ganymede for questioning. Darius contacts Lucretia. Reminder, Lucretia is Darius's daughter. And lets her know that he arranged for her unfiring, and also that this is an orchard mission. After escorting Arquette to Ganymede, an orchard-controlled ship will take possession of her. She warns her father that Dante will be suspicious, although it's completely unclear why a man paid to transport prisoners from one place to another would be suspicious of delivering his prisoner to the place he was paid to take her. While Dante and Lucretia collect the prisoner, Percy discovers a mysterious ion trail orbiting the Clark station. It doesn't show up on any of the instruments, except the diagnostic scanners. She has a feeling about this and forces Caravaggio to investigate, far beyond his threshold for patience. It's incredibly fascinating to her, but she abandons it instantly when Arquette comes on board and, through no plausible way I can discern, takes the murder suspect off Dante and Lucretia's hands and sets her up in the guest quarters instead of the cells. And they let that happen. It's just possible the beauty of this woman has turned a hardened bounty hunter's head. Now that Percy is done disobeying orders and setting up Arquette in the guest quarters, she returns to the bridge, which was left unattended, and disobeys orders some more by telling Dante she'll get around to leaving the station later, after she's done studying this fascinating ion trail some more. Faced with insurrection, Dante's course of action is clear. He leaves the bridge and takes some food to the prisoner. Percy apparently gets around to heading towards Ganymede, because once they leave, the ion trail is following them. Dante returns to the bridge, and Percy tells him about it. No military stealth technology is that good, he says, and so he decides to ignore it and leaves the bridge and heads back to pick up the prisoner's food and have a little chat. In Dante's absence, Percy launches a probe to investigate the ion trail. Lucretia comes to the bridge. Percy tells her about the ion trail and the findings from her probe. There's a spaceship out there, and it's three million years old. Lucretia, as head of security, takes this information a lot more seriously than Dante. Well, we can only assume she takes it more seriously than Dante because they can't tell Dante he's engaged maximum privacy mode while chatting with a prisoner. Faced with an absent captain uh, captain at a potentially serious problem, Lucretia's course of action is clear. She leaves the bridge to go call Daddy. Dante, meanwhile, is hearing Arquette's story. She's been obsessed with Jupiter's red spot, and then she started losing time and other mysterious things, culminating with her friend being chopped to pieces when he intersected with a, a multi-hyperdimensional left field. Meanwhile, the probe is destroyed, and space bolas are launched towards the transutopian. Okay, time to override Dante's Do Not Disturb sign and let him know of the imminent peril. The Bolas caused the ship's system to fail and plummet blindly, probably towards a collision with a planet or something. Looks like they may have to abandon ship. I'll go save the prisoner, says Dante, once again leaving the bridge. Lucretia also leaves to go call Daddy again. He says, get off this ship. Just you and the prisoner. The others can die. To her credit, Lucretia says no to this and proceeds to try to find a way for everyone off the ship. The Bolas have found Arquette, and she has found them, and they go for a multi-dimensional stroll around the ship. Dante finds her and sees the lights, and something he cannot explain. He takes her back to the bridge. Percy is once again disobeying her orders to prepare to abandon ship, and is, to her credit, working out a way to save the ship. With everyone back on the bridge, a voice of possession comes from Arquette. We see all of time from beginning to end, blah, blah, blah. You simple creatures are too primitive to understand. We bring you the gift of becoming gods like us, yada, yada, yada. Dante knows what to do. He tries to hug the divinity out of Arquette. It doesn't work, and this time, Arquette leaves the bridge by disappearing. Now, they are met with one of those mysterious ships that saved their butts previously, and the cat's out of the bag. Yes, That's the orchard. Yes, Lucretia works for them. Yes, she's fired again. But before she goes, she knows that they know too much, and the orchard will kill them. And for some reason, she doesn't want that to happen. So she blackmails her father by threatening to broadcast everything about the incident to everyone if they don't stand down. Which they do. All this leaves Dante singing the song, How do you solve a problem like Marie, um, Lucretia... For once, instead of shouting, pouting, screaming, or playing a petulant silent child, he tries a new technique. He goes to talk to her. And the director of the episode fulfills a lifelong desire to film a scene with a camera mounted on a lazy Susan. That's art, that is. The end. Oh, okay, well. The Half-Dense Players. What the hell does that title mean? I mean, they are all half-dense in the stupid way. That was if, what if, half is, if, if half is if half is generous at best but yeah okay and they're all
1: players of on the stage to use to use the Shakespearean language
0: I, I kind of hoped maybe they were going for something with that whole multi-dimensional intersection thing whereas your density changes or something when you're being cut apart through multiple sections I don't know um I don't know, but I am going to start with a positive. I I I, and you know I don't say that lightly. I'm going to start with a positive. I really am. That positive will be tinged, of course, with the usual caveats. Percy is just the most awful character. She's the second most awful character I can think of in television. Crichton on series two, Buck Rogers, is the most awful character. Oh, Crichton's pretty bad. But but Percy is is right there with him. She is she is terrible. Uh, about everything she does, but to her credit, not only did she save the ship, but—and I think this is a first—she saved saved the ship of a problem that wasn't her screwing things up in the first place. I I don't actually think that any of her actions in this story caused a a, a unreasonable bad thing to happen. Yes, she launched the probe, but I actually think that's a reasonable course of action. It was. So, it's not like she decided to rip some cables out of the walls because she was mad about not getting to listen to the latest Billy Tsunami album or or whatever this week's petulant child tantrum was. Even though she repeatedly disobeyed orders, didn't do what she was supposed to do, was obnoxious to everyone, she at least didn't cause the problems these would have happened if she had been behaving completely reasonably as well, so progress I guess, yes, yes. but she's still pretty awful <laughs> <She's> <laughs> but uh, as as it may have indicated in in the recap, I found the structure of this story with everyone popping up to the bridge getting a piece of information and then utterly derelicting their duty and leaving the bridge repeatedly to be incomprehensible. That this was, oh, well, fine, I'll, I'll go take food. Uh, oh, strange, mysterious thing? Nah, it can't be anything. I'll go get the food back. Uh, I get it, but no, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I get that Dante might find her attractive. She was certainly not as beautiful as Rudolfo uh made her out to be but she did kind of bear a little bit of resemblance to dante's dead wife so i could cut a little slack there but not to the point where he goes into maximum privacy mode to have a chat with her that n- made no sense at all unless we're supposed to believe that they're all possessed by the aliens And acting in this way,
1: Uh, you did notice out of mind um, control. Well, you didn't. Sorry, uh, didn't mean to interrupt there. Uh, You did notice that uh, Dante was combing his hair.
0: I did notice that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I definitely noticed that. He he thought she was attractive, and you know, like I said, she. I think they cast an actress that was supposed to look a lot like his wife.
1: Um, Yeah. As I I was I'm looking at the picture here. I can see that, and that is. Let me look up her name here. Amber Bubebza. (laughs) okay no no no, i I was looking at amber bukebza uh she's um she's french i
0: i was reasonably convinced if she wasn't french she was french canadian yeah that that seemed like a genuine uh speech pattern in her uh in her delivery but she's a murder suspect the fact that Dante, you know, brought her up... I, I get that Lucretia and Dante are having some problems. I don't quite understand them, but I get that they're having them. And so I get the bit where Lucretia does not fight them on it. Because it's just one bit of antagonism that they don't need. And and is being let's say conciliatory in that moment. But the fact that Percy is just like, oh, I left the bridge unattended. You left the bridge unattended? So what? And uh, and now I'm going to take her to the cells. Like, no, you're not. That is the job of the people with the guns who are the bounty hunters, whose job it is to collect the prisoner and take her to the cells. And yet... Fine, off you go. Did you take her to the cells? No, I took her to the guest quarters. You what? Yeah, I took her to the guest store. Okay it just it just doesn't it just doesn't work it, and it none of it's necessary none of this is necessary to this story all of this could have been the the the, the beats that needed to be hit bringing her on board the ship having the mysterious ship follow them having the alien thing come in contact with her having an opportunity for her to talk to Dante and get the third person narrative all of those things could have happened without them acting like idiots repeatedly or without this, this comical I'm on the bridge, I'm off the bridge, I'm on the bridge, I'm off the bridge kind of thing. It just, I don't understand it. It It's just... It, and I, this is another example where I could look at it and I go almost, I can't quite because I could almost go this must be something to do with a re-edit of re-editing this thing together they decided to swap it around in different orders but it couldn't be because there is material that actually makes the pieces work linearly you know Dante comes onto the bridge and he says I just took food to her and oh blah 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 okay now I'm leaving to take food. I mean you know if it weren't for that then you could be forgiven to think that they just somebody butchered this in the edit but it's not it, it's structured this way so i okay. not
1: Oh, the um, difference between the original version of the episode and the redux version of the episode is minor. Uh, Well, yeah, like I said, it's um, obvious. People chopped off the um, opening transmission from Rodolfo where he was saying there is no such thing as destiny except an exotic dancer he met once.
0: (laughs) The the more I learn about the Rodolfo, the more I like the fact that they cut most of him out. He, he doesn't seem to add much to the add much to the equation. So let let's there's a there's a elephant in the room here and I don't and I'm gonna warn I'm gonna warn the listeners. We try to be spoiler free. This, uh, and I think that you revealed a spoiler either to me or to the audience, and I don't remember which it is, but unfortunately, w- whether whether or not it was done off-camera or before, it was in my mind throughout the course of this episode, and it made me pay attention to a uh, a situation in this story more than I probably would have, and I want to talk about it I won't say one way or the other what it was that you said that that got me on this, but I I suspect that one way or the other it's a minor spoiler, if, if it is, because I suspect we'll find out next week. The question that comes up, in balance, looking at this episode, weighing all the pieces and all the scenes and all the dialogue and all the way it was laid together, I would come to the conclusion that Darius was not on that alien spacecraft. And yet, there is a scene at the beginning where he comes on board the Clark and they go, Whoa, you got here in five weeks from the moon? I didn't think you'd get authorization to burn the Annihilation Drive. Which, well, the heck knows what Annihilation Drive is, but apparently he managed to get there very quickly. And that is the argument for him being on board that ship. There's also the fact that he's always close by. But but that really isn't much of an argument because they're going from Jupiter to a moon of Jupiter. <laughs> so they're all and he's at the Clark station at least initially in the story. So he is close by at all times. So he doesn't have to be near them on the ship. So those are the arguments uh, in favor. The arguments against is that he seemed genuinely surprised when Lucretia passed on the information
1: about the age of the ship. In the episode, he wasn't aware of the alien ship until Lucretia told him.
0: Okay. So then because also the ship is acting completely contrary to his wishes or his stated wishes. Yes. So all of that is fine. Fine. So he is he is not on the ship. So but they did give they did seem to go out of their way to make a little mystery about how fast he got because he brushes that comment off. He ignores it completely. Um, as if I don't want to talk about it, you know, best not say anything, go, go and, and move. So that was the, that was a question, but it raises another question. Where was Darius at the start of this episode?
1: At the start of this This episode, this episode yes. Uh, he just arrived, um, well, waving... maybe at Clark Station, right? At Clark Station, which is of course named after Arthur C. Clark. Clark. Um, and Arquette is living on Clark Station. Clark Station. It's so one of those stations. There are businesses, and
0: there are laboratories, and there are mm-hmm. apartments, mm-hmm. Art, art apartments. And yep, yep. So, so, Darius and Arquette, and obviously Orchard operators are all on Clark Station. Yes. And, and. Why did they waste their time calling Dante and the others yeah. in to take her away, which sets up a completely and utterly n- unnecessary uh, wild card in this process that, that the story it, it is contingent upon the fact that you forget that he's got her <laughs> right yeah. there and then. He could have just taken her in whatever ship he's got to Ganymede or because she wasn't violent. She wasn't. And, you know, they're not above violence. So I don't I don't get that part of it. It doesn't make any sense at all.
1: And in the episode um, that comes up, which is when people could question her there. Why go to Ganymede?
0: That too yeah and they, I assume they've got a facility at Ganymede that they wanted to do something at, but thats yes you know.
1: probably want to get her away and there to Ganymede, but that still brings up your question and Le, and the only answer I have is that the orchard is paying off Rudolfo
0: yes, I, there's no doubt that the orchard is paying off Rudolfo. I get that that's why she's you know Lucretia's on board and but it still doesn't make any sense why they needed to involve Dante in this situation and the transutopian it took time for the transutopian to get there they, they you know it it just all of it just kind of is a contrivance to get that in the sphere of Dante and Percy so that they can screw everything up and for for the orchard the orchard is Horribly, horribly inefficient and incompetent at their jobs as a black ops organization. If they can't manage uh, a sort of clandestine, extreme extradition uh, uh, for uh, Arquette without anybody noticing at the at the beginning of the thing, but anyway, the um, orchard.
1: The orchard also has competing factions.
0: Hmm. And and let let's talk a little bit about that because I recall. From the first part of this story When I say this story I mean The series Darius is in favor of total disclosure
1: Of yes, whatever he, this
0: is Yes he is And, and Baguette is pa, against pa, it
1: Paquette
0: Paquette is totally against it And um, So Darius obviously is working Very much on the side of uh, We can't let anybody find out uh, Go ahead and kill those people this time. And if, you know, if he were in favor of full disclosure, you would think in a way that if it were taken from his hands, it would accomplish what he wanted. So he's not very good at Machiavellian machinations when what he wanted is actually on the cards here. If, uh, and he has plausible deniability that he did it. On the other
1: hand, on on the other hand, my understanding of Darius's motivation is that he wants to be in control of the disclosure.
0: Well, I I can see how this might be something that you would want to spin doctor uh, a bit as you're, as you're releasing the information. But I also think it's very interesting that he has to try to convince Lucretia that you're on the side of angels this time his his words exactly yet you know when somebody says that I usually know they're not that's kind of you know that's kind of Dr. Evil level uh uh no no this is we're doing this for the good no 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 I don't think you are and if you follow that up with and by the way let Dante and Percy die abandon them to die so we don't have to kill them, uh, or threaten them with a ship to kill them at the end, you're, you're pretty sure you're not on the side of the angels. And if you were on the side of the angels, if there is anything in this story so far that is in any way analogous to angels, it would be the multi-dimensional godlike beings. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. The only
1: question is what kind of angels
0: well, fallen or otherwise, but they just want to give us godlike powers. <sighs> yeah, we we can come back to that uh in a bit. What is Dante's problem with Lucretia?
1: He doesn't like people with secret agendas who lied to him.
0: And this that he keeps using his his uh employer ship to do things he's not supposed to do to try to retrieve his son doesn't strike him as being the biggest hypocrite in the solar system
1: but it's not a secret agenda Rodolfo knows oh about i see it.
0: you can do you can do whatever wrong you want to do uh, as long as it's not a secret got it okay that's consistent with dante I, i'll the logic behind that guy. Because he is doing things that he should not do. He is putting his crew in danger. He has done so repeatedly. He has he has jeopardized his bounty hunting missions, which to save his son. And I don't think that sure, everybody knows he's looking for his son, but I, I don't I don't think that counts as he's going to Rodolfo and saying Yeah, by the way, I'm going to be doing all these things, so therefore it is kind of a secret agenda. When he gets the opportunity, he slips off and does whatever the heck he wants to. And I cannot think of an example in this show where Lucretia has actually done anything to Dante or even behind Dante's back that in any way harms or jeopardizes their missions or the ship... Or their lives. Has she? She has not. No, she's
1: been to protect
0: her. So, you know, anything that he doesn't like about it, th- there, is, there is nothing other than the fact that she's not told him everything. And the fact that he's running a separate business hunting for his son, and she's running a separate business, occasionally running errands for the orchard, which they're getting paid for. Right, every time the orchard has had them put on a mission, they've gotten paid to do it. They're they're bounty hunters for crying out loud. They 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 are I don't I say the lowest of the scum, but you know they are not very high up on the pole of people who have uh, honorable possession uh, positions. Right, they're just they're just hired thugs basically. Give me money, I'll go get these people. Um, so I, you know, I, I the sanctimonious high horse he rides on just really does not work for me about this. And I seem to recall that last time the problem with Lucretia was that he he found out that she was able to call in someone who saved their butts. Was that wasn't that it? In the end, she left the bridge to call yes. for help. Yes, she did, and and so they lived because she did that thing, to which Dante fired her. I I see where Percy gets it from, um, sort of, but yeah.
1: Well, just um, what, I'll say this quickly. In the next episode, episode fifteen there is a um, turning point in that relationship between Dante and Luke. So look for that.
0: Well, I would, I was hoping that we we're going to see that turning point at the end of this episode when for the first time ever, he actually sat down to talk with her
1: and he says, I mean, so he like, said,
0: I'm going to try something different. I'm going to well, go in and I'm going to say, all right, tell me all about it. It's like, Hey, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, he actually talks to her in 15.
0: Um, but, well, yeah, they didn't do anything with it in this episode. They just sat down well, and, well, this, and started. this but.
1: episode, episode fourteen, is the middle part of a three episode arc: thirteen, fourteen,
0: fifteen. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen, in, in to, to my mind, as to where that goes. Uh, you, you know, you have a you run a real risk in this kind of television of making an episode that does not stand on its own in the hopes that it pays off in the later episodes. And I I looked at this with that in mind very much. It does not feel like a two-parter the way it ends to me um, because the adventure that they were on, which is taking Arquette uh like all the other adventures that they've pursued with the Divinity Cluster have ended in abject failure of accomplishing their goal. But they have, you know, that's done. or has gone and, and they failed and the Orchard stands down. It feels like that was a complete unit. I get from the previews that obviously there is going to be some more about the fallout from this. But Fallout... S- be separate so uh, you know with with the pieces of the story that we had I, i tried to break them into two parts the parts that reasonably feel like they might be carried forward the fact that dante knows something about what's going on in the dimensional rip that dante is now aware that lucretia is part of the orchard so there's the the orchard part of it those parts didn't really bother me that much in this story. So, they didn't leave me going, well, that just doesn't make any sense. They they felt like pieces of a puzzle. But then the non-elements, the fact that they were playing some sort of a Greek comedy with them running on and off the bridge, all of that, and Dante and his falling in love, and, and all of that just was just nonsensical within the confines of the episode. it just it just was poor poor structure and poor writing, and I find it hard to believe that any of that will have any real lasting consequence you know in future episodes. And so in that, I'd say poorly written again there is there's a little interest in my mind about the divinity cluster stuff. But a lot of times it's really hard to get past the rest of it for me to go. Yeah, fine. You know, the next episode. Yes, uh, I'm interested. But no, I was not interested enough that I could sit through two two episodes back to back at the time. So you know, I, I still need to give it breathing space for me to wind down because because Percy really rolls my blood pressure episode after episode. <laughs> Just and Dante too. But but. Every time it's like, okay, I need, I need a break and maybe a margarita. Um, It just, uh, it just combine that with the other things and it's almost days. It's hate watching. You know, I'm like, okay, all right, what are you gonna do this time? All right. I don't know that I had any other. I mean, I did want to. I think you've called it out, but boy, was it obvious in this episode, the Palm Pilot that Lucretia is using to talk to daddy was never more obvious than it was in this episode. I used to have that very Palm pilot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I had one issued from work and that very, Palm yeah. Pilot, but yeah, it
1: uh, was 2000.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, you didn't, you didn't disguise that one very well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then I got a better one i I'm looking forward to that if that communicator gets blow up I hope they get gets blowed up did I just say it gets blowed up blown up <laughs> I'm hoping she gets the one with the the kind of metal case and the oh that one that one was much sleeker and nicer mm-hmm. but,
1: uh, i have some, i have something here um episodes thirteen fourteen fifteen taken together are where the seemingly disparate plot threads come together. And then at the end of episode 15 we have a um, we have a point at which to go forward and toward the end of the season. With these plot threads having converged.
0: I have to say that I am going to be very very deeply annoyed if they manage to dovetail Dante's son with the orchard. Um, because that's just a bridge too far in the plot contrivance point. But I have a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I was like a very bad feeling about this that they would go there. Um, it's kind of like all the significance they have putting on Fox Mulder's sister. You know, it's great that that was the motivation for his quest into the X Files. But at the same time, the fact that they kept popping her up and she actually was important to the whole thing. It's like, oh, come on. You're going too far there. And I'm worried. I'm worried that Travis is some sort of experiment or something that the orchard is using. Um, And that for some reason they chose Dante to be the guy. I don't know. I don't want to. I'm I'm speculating. Don't confirm or deny. I won't. We'll find out. Episode 15. (laughs) Well, apparently we just confirmed. Um,
1: (laughs) I'm saying your answers are in episode 15. All
0: right. Um, Let's see. Yeah, no, Dante could do far worse if he could just get Lucretia. Uh, Lucretia's already on his side, but he could do far worse if he could trust her and rely on her and not do things to undermine her. As as obviously Percy does too, but I, does, does Percy get paid? Um, is she part of the crew and actually getting she, paid she's for this? Part of the, is she, she, she
1: is part of the crew. I don't know if she gets paid or she just enjoys the results of getting paid.
0: Well I'm going to go out on the board and say that if she is not paid by Rodolfo, then she is not a member officially a member an employee or a member of the crew that she is just to tag along, and so whenever she complains about something, she has far less weight than at least Dante's a paid employee, and he's you know has some h r issues but Percy is just a petulant child who lives on ship, and obviously she's been living on the ship for a long time, and at some point she was a legal child and therefore couldn't have been um but
1: She's been on the ship for 10, 11 years. 10
0: years, yeah, 10, year, 11 years. <clears throat> well, I, I, okay, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know that she's been in Dante's care for 10 or 11 years. I, I, I've not heard anything that says Dante, immediately after his wife was killed, got a job as a bounty hunter on board the Transutopian and headed out.
1: Well, let, d- let me, let we let let actually me check on that. that. I can, um, and I don't have to, to spoil anything to say it. Go back to episode 12.
0: Well, if we've already talked about it, you might as well tell me what it is because I'm not going back to watching this episode these episodes ever again.
1: episode twelve <laughs> Goodbye so long, where in conversation, Dante confirms that very shortly after the raid on titan he he became a bounty
0: hunter does not necessarily mean that he became a bounty hunter for Rodolfo
1: that is the implication.
0: No. I mean, it simplifies things, and it's not like Dante needs a complicated backstory for us to uh, care about, but, you know, has has she been living on the ship the whole time? I, could be. She I'll has. In fact,
1: somebody. I do know that directly from, from G. Philip Jackson, who is one of the co-creators of the series.
0: Okay. Okay. It's a pity by the time this show comes out, the red spot will be gone. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that I think the diminishing of the red spot started rather rapidly sometime after this was made. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember what the projections are, but this show is three hundred years in the future. Twenty two like eighty six. Eh, two hundred and sixty years could be. It could be gone. I found
1: it interesting that the aliens chose to present themselves to Andre Arquette as the as the red storm.
0: I all right, let's talk about those, uh, that, um, is is that what it was or is that what obsessed her and allowed her to, I I don't know, focus on it or become obsessed with it. And are are we supposed, let's take a step back. Um, I, I chose one of Rodolfo's descriptions for her. Uh, all of them were relatively uncomplimentary, uh, However she is this Renaissance woman, artist, singer, painter She's she is not at all. She's she's done it all, and is that because unwittingly she has been touched by the divinity cluster?
1: Yes, her cluster is activating. Which is why she has interdimensional sight.
0: Well I got that now. Yes, that happened when she started staring at the spot. But prior to that, through her, it sounds like she's led an extraordinary life. Yeah. And the question is you know, are people who lead extraordinary lives, are we supposed to interpret that as saying that she has always been manifesting some uh, superiority because she is closer to manifesting the multidimensional? capabilities. I get
1: the impression that her multidimensional site was recent.
0: Right. The site is. The sight is definitely recent. She she definitely said. But the fact that she's an artist and a painter and a singer and yeah, a no, successful... Exactly. And that's like, she could just, just be know, talented. It, you know, are, are savants uh, an early sign of being first, you know, like Wesley Crusher. First stage on the way to something greater. I... I Was curious. And it would, you know, in a way it would kind of make sense because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Eccleston was brilliant, right? Mm, Yes. But I don't think that the divinity cluster was natural manifestation in him. He induced it artificially with that injector. Okay. And then the other guy, um, the most wanted man in the known galaxy, Harmon. He he also had it induced to him artificially, correct? Yes,
1: by touching an ancient artifact.
0: And let's see, what else did we have? Uh, we had the the boy with zero temperature, but I'm not convinced that was, that, that was that was um,
1: the orchard uh, experiments activating that with him.
0: So our cat is the first one that has actually yes. manifested naturally.
1: Yes it does happen. Well, it just did.
0: But yeah. So.
1: Hmm. But let's just say she may not be the first.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously something has happened that got them on the course of this path anyway. Right. I mean, there, there must be earlier events. Oh, that but don't, don't that forget. Don't this.
1: forget brother 13 with, who was an experimental subject of Dr. Novak.
0: Again, was he experimenting with the Divinity Cluster, or was he experimenting with other things?
1: That... Novak was doing Divinity Cluster-related experiments. That's in Episode 5, and called back to in Episode 9.
0: Hmm. It's still all very haphazard. Right? They're not, we're not seeing the same things. Across the board there all of the all of the ways they're manifesting ha- appear to be different, except for Harmon and Eccleston actually s- bore a lot of similarity in the sto-
1: in the stories, there are references to the ma- the cluster manifesting different powers and different people
0: so the good news is because when the the the, the space bowl is did they look that lame in the original, or was it something else? Uh, they uh, looked
1: better in in the in the Redux.
0: Was it the same kind of concept, though? Yes. Two balls fleeing through space, tied together with a rope. Yeah. Um, when they came on board, screwed up the ship, found Arquette. There's actually a, there's a, a, another another thing along the lines of why didn't Darius just take her in the first place? The second question is, why didn't the balls take her when she was on the Clark station? Um, they were orbiting the station, according to Percy's readings, so they obviously knew she was there. Um, but, okay, they, they come in, they find her. Uh, she gets weird. Perhaps, perhaps this is exactly what's been happening to her before when she loses time. I don't know. So maybe they have been coming to her in this exact same way. Dante follows her. Now, it was bothering me and unclear to me as he was following her if he could actually see anything weird, or was he just following her? It wasn't until he got to the point where the lights were kind of sparkling around her that finally some sort of look on Dante's face or on on Michael Paré's face, let's say, let's blame this on the acting, where I suddenly go, oh, okay, he could see this. He he actually he actually sees something weird is going on here, and then he and then up on the bridge he he keeps trying to give her a big hug or something, even though he keeps getting hurt. Not the fastest learner, I think. And and didn't she isn't she also she also told him what happened to her friend Harvey? Yes. <laughs> and still, did. still he did it. Yeah. That, that also is the kind of thing that is like, well, why, why is he doing that? I don't get it. I just don't get what his motivation is behind that. You know. I think he likes her. All right. But uh, so probably did Harvey, the guy who got yeah. killed. <laughs> True enough. And, and look what happened to him. Bits of him were sent off to another dimension.
1: Or as, uh, as Rudolfo called it, a slice of life.
0: Yeah. Also, so the aliens start to manifest in her. Now her voice is possessed, just like her agent. And,
1: um... Yeah, that manager was interesting. What was
0: it? What was that all about? Was he supposed to be an android or something?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I noticed his voice and...
0: Synthetic human or, yeah. or... They were going for something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. But anyway, she, she gives that... Very, sort of typical. We see from the beginning oh, of time, actually, to the end of time and all that. Actually, stuff. I well, wrote it down. Uh, the, well, read it off so that the listeners can can have a, a joy with that one. I had enough trouble getting Darius's explanation down. It took about thirty-five goes through that one to actually transcribe it word for word. It was such gobbledygook, and it's short. So, you no, know, give us this one. What does she say?
1: She says lasting time. There is no beginning, no end, no continuing. Past, present, and future coexist in all dimensions. You who see few dimensions are blind. We see all dimensions. We travel among them. We bring you these gifts that you might escape the bonds of time and space. When the cycle is complete, you will be as we were. All will be known to you. You will be as God's.
0: Now, theological issues aside, about aspiring uh, to, to be godlike, um, this doesn't sound like a bad thing. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to be the first to sign up or anything, but as presented, it doesn't sound like the aliens mean us harm. And they've obviously invested a lot of time, three million years, in us, uh, which means nothing to them since they have no time. The alien agenda, good or bad? Or, or beyond our comprehension.
1: Uh, that would require me to break the spoiler rule.
0: Okay. Okay. Um,
1: All I can say is, but, 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 go back to the previous episode. What, what did Harmon say?
0: <sighs> he said something about they're using you, wasn't it?
1: Yes, that's what he said.
0: It's to serve man. It's a cookbook. They're cooking us. No, that was something else. Um, Said,
1: uh, "Whoever you hold near or dear, hold near. Ni- hold, hold near." Now, uh, and, and what effect did the manifestation of the divinity cluster have in Harmon?
0: Well, Harmon's beh- behaved the same way as Eccleston's did, as far as I could tell.
1: I mean, in terms of, well, how it changed his life.
0: Well, I mean, he went on the run from the orchard. I, that much I. Uh, Harmon no, harman
1: turned into a criminal
0: do you think that that's from the influence of the divinity cluster or according the according to, be... to
1: episode 13 it was the influence of the divinity cluster
0: but i'm gonna i'm gonna go and say that that definitely is not established that's correlation does not necessarily equal no causation. no
1: i'm reading i'm reading the episode i'm reading the previous episode the most wanted man on a literal level that but who
0: would know that
1: um and it came up to his in his personnel record changed after he touched the artifact and then all of a sudden he got into black we got the drug running and the like that's this episode 13
0: I, 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 no I remember that after he touched The artifact then he did get Into those things but my point being Is that we do not know That it was That it was the divinity Cluster guiding him to get into Those things or it was the Change in his life and his Circumstance that made him Turn to those things For whatever It was he was trying to To accomplish do you follow I'm saying in other oh, words like if, if for example I, I if the that. orchard is suddenly after him now he maybe he can't do he can't get jobs the way he did before and he has these abilities that he can do things so you needs must you do what you have to do like dante is a bounty hunter instead of a farmer uh, i i didn't get that i get that it drastically changed his life but i didn't necessarily get that it changed the man from straight and normal to criminal it just pushed him down that path somehow but i wasn't sure that that was actually the cluster doing that right so and and it doesn't appear to have done something like that to arquette uh it just made her I don't know whether it made her a worse or a better artist, depends on what her previous stuff before those mm-hmm. swirly red dots looked like, but um, yeah, so you know, it, it's a piece of the puzzle that said yes, he turned to a life of crime at that point not necessarily a sound conclusion that, that the Divinity Cluster needed him to be a drug rust runner for some reason, that See, I mean that that raises questions too. Why would that be necessary? Why why would that be a thing that they would that they would do unless, you know, people who are let's say people who are on drugs are more likely to become infected with a divinity cluster. In which case then I could see how that might be a thing that it would it would do, but just to make him a a bad guy possessed by evil spirits kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. It,
1: it, oh, I, I, I see your point. In that case, there's a little bit of um, ambiguity in that episode.
0: Yeah, it's just... And also, I mean, if these aliens, if we can take them at their word, and I mean, there is there is that, um, we haven't gotten much from them. And, and even when we do get something from them, we don't know that Arquette is passing along or that Harmon is passing along the truth. Or what he perceives to be the truth, or what she perceives to be the truth, um, or you know a carefully orchestrated story. But if these beings are so long-lived, so uh, in, they are multidimensional, um, and I think it's reasonable to believe that the whole bit about time and space, multi dimensions to them that we can't comprehend, are probably true then there is, of course, no hope whatsoever of this not happening because they see the beginning and the end and all in between. There is, there is no free will in the universe in that respect if if the future is known. I mean, if, get free will to follow the path of future that will exist. So, you know, we're, we're fighting a losing battle here, apparently. And if we're not fighting a losing battle, then the aliens already know that. So why bother? And if they don't bother, then the battle will be different. And then, but they would know that too.
1: And then the and then the orchard to follow your line of reasoning. Then the orchards attempt to control the um, the the divinity cluster are
0: in vain. Correct. Right. And and in a way, I would think of all people, they would know that.
1: Like well, as I said, as they the or-
0: seem to have the best uh, grasp on what this thing is.
1: As I said, the orchard has factions.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is uh, the other thing that I have, and and these are trivial. Not that all of it isn't everything I have to say is trivial. One, I really, really, really hated the lazy Susan shot at the end. I I thought that was just incredibly ham fisted um directing that did not serve the purpose because nothing happened in that conversation they didn't hold the conversation it was just kind of spinning out and the other thing about the direction and it's this direction it's the set design it's it's happened so many times before but it happens again in this episode and that's Percy's got to save the day by rebooting the systems and reloading the computers. And how does she do that? She's ripping wires out of the place. And she's lying on the floor. And she's, like, counting six million wires in her hands. It's just so ridiculous. The way they try to make this look like the ship works. Like, eh, that's... no. (laughs) Like... No, we don't even use that many wires now Even when this show was made Things didn't have that many wires in it um, Not like that 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 is Just really Really poor visual uh, Implementation of what this ship is like and And I can't look at that And think Percy has a clue what she's doing But obviously she does Because Things work out but whenever she's doing that, it does not look like she knows what she's doing, right? It it It's like, I don't know, it's like somebody walking up to a sink and trying to get water out of the sink by banging their head on the basin. It, it just it's like, well, uh, obviously you don't know how a sink works. And obviously Percy doesn't know how wires work um, because you, you do not pull a bundle of wires that have, you know, well, th- there was at least a hundred wires in that first bundle. She, she goes, and "They're all frayed out." It's like, yeah, they usually have connectors on the end, <laughs> so that you can use them. You don't have to like grab the wires, twist them all together, and put wire nuts on them. That's that's what you do with phone wire in houses, not not spaceships. Um, but that's uh, that's a failure of set design and and visual design of the show, um, and directing to a point, but. Anyway,
1: uh, what else you got? Um, just said, um, the next episode is number 15, Dark and Stormy Night.
0: What is that, Bulworth Lytton? I hope they're not trying to tell us something. As in, it <laughs> was a... Um, Dark and Stormy the, Night. The,
1: um, and there is no... Uh, well, the, the storm is, me- is metaphorical, and they're, not, they're in outer space, so of course it's always night for them. And when um, I was watching the series on DVD the first time, before the whole first season was available, episode 15 was as far as I got. And then I always wondered what happened with the rest of the season until I got to see it for years. But you, but you say is you're going to get answers.
0: Kenneth, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next week on Fusion Patrol, it's another Invisible Man doubleheader with the episodes The Clay Dynasty and Sight Unseen. And for our analyst shock level patrons... You can join Simon and I as we take a look at the Babylon 5 episode Infection. As we discuss parallels with present and historical political events, we talk about religious fanaticism, colonialism, and racial purity, and we discuss how you can make xenoarchaeology sexy on TV. Come join the conversations on Fusion Patrol.